Uh, this morning, just want to welcome in Equipus uh, Church in Richmond this morning, they're gonna be joining us, and also Equipus Church in Essex are joining us this morning. And uh, today, we're gonna be starting a new series, and I am excited about this new series. Uh, this series uh, is really, I'll explain it in, a, in just a moment, but I was looking for a title for the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, what to call it. And as John, you know, led us this morning, he just talked about, we started to sing this song at the conference called Raise a Hallelujah. And uh, really, it's such a prophetic title, uh, but it's such a practical title. And, uh, you know, if you don't know the story, that song was written when uh, the guy who wrote it had a good friend whose son was really facing uh, an, an enormous battle for his life, just a young boy. And they thought that he was not going to make it. And he just says he remembers praying uh, in the middle of the night, thinking, God, just this enormous big obstacle to overcome. We don't think he's going to make it. And this feeling of dread and this feeling of fear started to really envelop his life. And then all of a sudden, it was like the Holy Spirit put this melody in his heart that he was to raise a hallelujah in the middle of the challenge, in the middle of the trial. And so that's where that song was birthed from. It wasn't birthed from a mountaintop experience. It was birthed from a crisis. It was birthed from an enormous trial that he went through. And so, you know, today we sing it and uh, I love it. And so the title of this series is actually called Raise a Hallelujah. Everybody say Raise a Hallelujah. Amen. You can put your hands together and raise a hallelujah this morning. Raise a hallelujah. And we're going to be talking about praise and worship over the next three or four weeks or however long we go for, because um, praise and worship is powerful, isn't it? Praise and worship is powerful. I really believe that we only know a fraction of what happens when we gather together and we praise and we we worship our God. I think we just know so little about what actually happens. And, And my hope is that in a way, your vision for praise and worship will really be enlarged over the next couple of weeks. Because I want to tell you, something happens when we praise our God. Something happens when we worship Him. More than just what we can see in the natural sense, more than what we can see in front of our eyes, something is happening even in an unseen realm, in the spiritual realm. Things happen, things shift. And, uh, you know, so often, uh, you know, when we think of praise and worship, we can reduce it from what it is to something that's very small. We, We can reduce praise and worship to the thing that we do before we come to the Word of God. We can just think, well, we sing two songs, then we sing another two worship songs, and then we have some notices, and then the preacher comes up. And uh, for some of us this morning, some of you, you came for the praise of worship, and, uh, and the Word is maybe just like a little bit lower down on your list of priorities, so you gotta stay tuned in. And some of you, you know, you uh, put up with the praise and worship so you could get to this part of the service. But I wanna say praise and worship is not the, it's not the prelude to the preaching. Praise and worship is a key part of who we are and what we do as believers, as believers. If you go all the way back, uh, even back to the time of David, David was an amazing man who understood the power of praise and worship. Thank you for that response this morning. (laughs) He understood the power of praise and worship. You know, the Psalms, many of the Psalms were written out of a time of 24-7 prayer uh, in David's time when they would gather together and they would worship and they would praise and they'd start to write these Psalms out of this time of worship. 
So, so some of your Bible was birthed out of praise and worship. Uh, I wanna say praise and worship is more than just you know, singing nice songs. How many of you like singing? Come on, I reckon singing's good for you, isn't it? Singing is good for the soul. And, uh, uh, but praise and worship is more than just singing. It's more than just singing. You might think, well, we just sing songs. No, 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 no. Something happens as we declare the praises of God. Praise and worship is more than just singing nice songs. Um, you know, maybe you're, you're visiting us this morning. Maybe you've never been to church, but the one thing you probably knew was that in a Sunday service, somewhere there'd be some singing. And if you grew up in church, you've been singing songs your whole life. But, but I believe there's just more that's going on than just simply putting words to melody. There's more that's happening than that because there is incredible power in our praise and worship. And um, so this morning, the title of my message uh, is this. If you're writing notes, I want to encourage you to do it. Here's the title of my message this morning. It's this, Sound First, Power Second. Sound First, Power Second. Everyone say that with me. One, two, three. Sound First, Power Second. All right, this is going to make sense in just a moment. Joshua chapter 6, I'm going to read you some uh, scripture this morning. Joshua chapter 6 is the battle of Jericho. And if you know the story, they are ready to take over this amazing city. Here's what it says in verse 10. As they start to walk around it, Joshua says, Do not shout, do not even talk, he commanded. Not a single word from your mouth will be uttered until I tell you to shout and then shout. And so that was the instruction as they started to walk around the city. But then on the seventh time of the seventh day, this happened in verse 20. It says, when the people heard the sound, everyone say the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. And suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and they captured it. They captured it. Uh, so, the, so, so we understand from that story, there was a sound of praise that came first before the power of God showed up to collapse the walls. There was a sound of praise that released the power of God to collapse the walls. Stay with me, stay with me. Two Chronicles. Two Chronicles chapter 20. The Israelites are in big trouble. An enormous army has gathered all around them. There is no way in the natural that they can win this battle. You may be feeling like, man, that's me. There's no way in the natural. I can overcome what's in front of me right now. But listen to this. Verse 20, it says, early the next morning, the army of Judah, Judah means praise, went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. That's the sound of faith right there. Believe in the prophets, and you will succeed. And after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. The reason we start our services with singing is the singers and the praisers and the band, they go out ahead of us to create a sound of praise, amen. 
I don't like preaching if there hasn't been praise and worship first. I can do it. It's just that there's something that's been released in the worship of God's people that means something's about to happen because something has been prepared. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. And at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground. As far as they could see, not a single one of the enemy had succeeded. That's incredible, isn't it? Overcoming battle, overcoming obstacle, no way that they can conquer this army. But God tells Jehoshaphat, send the singers out before the army and let them start singing, let them start praising, let them start worshiping, and you see what happens. And the Bible's pretty clear. At the exact moment, not a moment before, not a moment afterwards, but at the exact moment that they were worshiping and praising, the power of God was released and the enemy started to take care all of itself. Come on. I reckon, I reckon there are battles that we are facing in our lives that we are trying to achieve in our own strength and if we would just simply be a people who know how to give a loud praise and a loud worship in the face of an obstacle, God would take care of it on our behalf. Oh, come on, if we're gonna clap, we gotta clap this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah, by the way, lifts, means lift up a loud shout of praise, not a quiet one. Just on a side note, anywhere you find the presence of God in the Bible, you find loud praise. Just so you know, anywhere you find the presence of God, you'll find people loudly praising Him. So, so the sound of the singers came first, and the power of God came what? Second. Are you with me? The sound went out, and then the power of God started to move. This is, I'm telling you, this is good stuff. Here, here's the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter two, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place when suddenly there was what? A, come on, say it with me, a sound. All of a sudden there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. There was not a windstorm, there was a sound like the sound of a mighty windstorm. There is a sound of prayer followed by a sound of the Holy Spirit turning up. Then the Bible says this, then what looked like flames of tongues appeared and settled on each of them. What came first, the power and the presence of God or the sound? The sound came first. The sound came first. And so if we will lift up a sound to God, I'm telling you, something amazing starts to happen. Let me give you one more, one more. I could go all day with these, but one more. 1 Kings chapter, eight, uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings 18. Uh, this is where Elijah, or Elijah rather, is, is praying for the nation that 
has had no rain for three years. He prophesied it, no rain, there's no rain for three years. And so now Elijah says this, pretty amazing. Uh, Verse 41, Elijah turns to the king and says, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. I hear, I like what another translation says, I hear the sound of a mighty rainstorm coming. He couldn't see it with his visible eyes, but he heard it on the inside in his spirit and said, you better get ready because there's a sound of rain coming. Rain in the Bible represents the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. So he said, I can hear there's, there's a rainstorm coming. Something's about to happen. Now, now people could have said, well, you're crazy because there's been no rain for three years, but Elijah released a sound And then in verse 45, it says this, and soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. And the rain came and it restored the land. If you're writing notes this morning, here's my first point. Number one is first comes the sound and second comes the power. Why is praise and worship so important? Praise and worship is so important because when we praise God and when we worship Him, not just on a Sunday morning, but in our homes, in our cars, in our devotions, as we go for a walk, in whatever you do in your connect group, in your team meetings, as you gather together, when we lift up the sound of praise and worship over our lives, you watch, the power of God is always following in behind. He is, he's always coming in behind. Isn't that amazing? You, you can have the power of God in your home if you'll just choose to be someone who is a worshiper and a praiser. I can have the power of God in my home, the presence of God in my, I don't even need to wait till 10.30 on a Sunday morning to have the power of God in my life if I will lift up praise and I'll lift up worship. So good. It's interesting, isn't it? In, in, in the book of Genesis, the Bible says that God said, let there be light, and there was light. Notice that light didn't show up, and then God said, that's light. <laughs> he said, let there be light, that's the sand, and then the power of God was released to create the light. He said, Let there be sun and let there be moon. And the Bible says there was sun and moon. Notice that one day God didn't look up and say, there's a sun and there's a moon. I wonder how that got there. No, no, no. God let a sound be released. There's the sun, there's the moon, and all of a sudden the power of God is released to bring it into creation. God said, let the land be separated from the sea. He didn't turn up one day, and one day there was ocean, and one day there was land. No, he said, come on, he's declaring it. Let there be land, let there be sea, and the power of God turns up and starts to create land and sea. You see, we've got to actually release a sand out of our lives that has creative power to bring into our world the things that we're actually looking for. Have you noticed in life that anything that has great power has a sound attached to it? Anything that has great power has a sound that is attached to it. 
About two months ago, my brother-in-law uh, came over um, to the UK, and he wanted, he loves cars, he's into cars in a big way, and particularly loves classic cars, but likes all sorts of cars, and uh, so he booked for the weekend uh, tickets to a car show uh, in a place called Bewley, which is an old estate, and, uh, and so we went to look at these cars, and so we drove up and we parked our cars, uh, you know, in fields, which were like a good 15, 20 minute walk away from the stately home where all the cars were. And so we park our cars up and as we're walking in, I can hear the sound of some pretty nice cars. How do I know they were nice cars? I could tell from a long way away. These were not powerless cars, these were powerful cars. You, I mean, you could hear them revving, you could hear them screaming up and down, this little race circuit they had. Uh, you, you could hear the kind of popping sound that happens in a really, really powerful car as it goes back down through the revs and, and the petrol that was not burnt in the engine starts to explode at the outside of it as it comes out of the exhaust. And so I'm walking in and I can't even see them, but I can hear them. Sound first power seconds. Sheena here on the second row in, from Canada, for those of you who don't know, and uh, not so much in the UK, but I know in places like Canada, you have freight trains that when these things get going, you know, they're not a few carriages long. Some of these things are a mile or more in length, and these suckers are pulling, you know, just enormous, enormous amounts of cargo. Just, just phenomenal volumes. The momentum on those things is just nearly unstoppable. And, and here's the amazing thing. You know, when something like that with such power starts to come, you can hear it a long way before it even arrives. Anyone ever heard a sound and thought, what is that sound? I can hear it, but I can't see it. Come on, I believe the same is true with our praise and our worship. Behind our praise and worship is great power. Is great majesty, is great movements of God behind it. And, and sometimes, we, you know, we live like this. We're looking physically for what we can see when God would just say, no, 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 release a sound and you watch the power of God is going to come right in behind it. You've got to release a sound before we see the power. That's why you can't just sit in a praise and worship service with your arms crossed and expect much to happen. You can't just sit and look and say, well, I'm just gonna observe and I'll be a full partaker of everything that God is doing. No, no, it doesn't work like that. You, you gotta release something to see God show up, come into agreement with your faith to shift something in your life. Does this make sense? Here's the second thing, number two, if you're writing notes, number two, about praise and worship and, and about the sound. Number two is this, in the natural, this is a bit of a lengthy point, but there you go. In the natural, we respond when we see something happen. In the natural, we respond when we see something happen, but in the kingdom, we respond to make something happen. I'll say it again, in the natural, we respond when something good's happened, but in the kingdom, we respond to make something happen. So, in, you know, in our everyday life, we have been conditioned, we have been taught, you respond when something good happens, so, or, or, or something you wanna celebrate. So when your team scores a goal, you stand up and you clap, because you're responding 
to something good that just happened. So something good happens and then you respond. Uh, if it's someone's birthday, you go out, you celebrate their birthday, maybe somebody brings out a cake, they light them, they blow the candles, we cheer, we celebrate. Why? Something has happened to cause us to respond and to celebrate. Is this making sense? Pass an exam, the same thing. You pass an exam, you go out, you celebrate, you clap your hands. It's in response to something that has happened. But in the kingdom of God, it is the other way around. In the kingdom of God, we respond in praise and in worship to actually make something happen. This is making sense. We respond to see something happen rather than respond, rather than kind of, you know, joyfully clapping our hands when something good happens. Now we'll celebrate when something good happens, but I want us to be a people that are a people of faith that know how to make something happen. One of the ways we make something happen is through our praise and through our worship. Amen. Through our praise and worship. It's, it's you know, it's, it's a bit like this for, for the ladies in the room who've you know, had a baby, at some point you got pregnant and the pregnancy, you know, uh, developed and then maybe a month or a couple of weeks before you had the baby, hopefully you've got some nice friends and they, sh- they kind of threw you a baby shower and you celebrate what has already been done. How strange would it be to have a baby shower when there's no baby, but believe the baby shower would kick off the process of having a baby. That's crazy, isn't it? But you know, that's how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God is not waiting for you to celebrate when something happens in your life. The kingdom of God is waiting for you to celebrate before that thing happens to release that thing in your life. It's like this, how many of you were taught up to, with ma- good manners? Give me a wave, your mom and dad drilled good manners into you. Please and thank you, please and thank you, please and thank you. I'm still trying to teach my children that, please and thank you. And, uh, you know, we say please, and then when we receive it, we say thank you. But the kingdom of God works in the opposite. The kingdom of God works by saying what? Thank you, and then please. Our praise and worship is all about saying thank you, God. Thank you, God, for everything you're about to do. Thank you, God, for what I have not yet seen happen. Thank you, God, for the things that are about to happen in my life that I don't even know about. And if you wait until it happens, I'm telling you, sometimes you'll be waiting a long time because God is looking for a people of faith that know how to step out, get on the front foot, and not just react when something happens, but respond to make something happen. Amen. The Jericho walls did not come down in response to their praise. The Jericho walls came down because in their praise, God responded and brought it down. The walls didn't come down and then they cheered. They cheered and then the walls came down. Same in the book of Chronicles. They they, they didn't worship when the enemy was defeated. They worshiped and then the enemy was defeated. Is this making sense? And so our praise and our worship, it's like it's preemptive. It's like it's getting ahead of the game. It's, 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 it's going to battle before there is a battle. Amen. It's releasing a sound before even a sound really needs to be released. It's interesting, isn't it? The Bible says this, that Jesus tells people, he says this, let the weak say, I am strong. 
Let the weak say it. In other words, if you're weak, release a sound of faith so that you will actually be strong. (laughs) Don't wait until you're strong to say, I celebrate you, God, because now I'm strong. He says, no, when you're weak, make a declaration out of your mouth, I'm strong. Sound, then power. Bible says what? Uh, Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the poor make a sound to declare I am something that I'm not right now, but I believe as I release a sound, God's going to turn up and he's going to make something happen in my life. Now, here's the interesting thing about this. I've discovered if you're going to be a kingdom living kind of a Christian, uh, you've got to understand that a lot of the time, the sound coming out of your life is going to be in contradiction to the reality of what you're walking through. It's going, to be in, it's going to be in contradiction. And, and, and people might look at you and they may say, well, you're not being real. No, no, no. We, we, we're living according to kingdom living, not according to how we feel. So sometimes when you don't feel like you've got joy in your heart, you've got to release a sound of joy that you could be joyful. Maybe you have lack in your life and, and, and all, all you can do is, is, is make the sound of lack be known to people in your world. That does not attract the attention of God. What attracts the attention of God when we have lack in our lives, we make a sound of abundance. <laughs> and the sound of abundance attracts the power and the goodness of God to give us what the sound is in the first place. Come on, nudge your neighbor for a moment and just ask them, what's the sound that's coming out of your life? Come on, give them a good nudge this morning. What's the sound out of your life? What's the sound out of your life? Is it a, is it a, is it a godly sound? Is it a good sound or is it a negative sound? <laughs> Amen. Come on, I reckon one of the things every now and again you gotta do is you gotta find a good friend you got to find someone who loves you and you got to ask them, hey, tell me, what's the sound of my life? What's the sound? Of, don't ask anybody, by the way. Find someone who you know loves you and, and knows you and just say, hey, what's the sound of my life? What's the sound of my life? Because power follows sound. <laughs> power follows sound. What's the sound of my life right now? Is, is, it, is it negativity? Is it disappointment? Is it frustration? Is it irritation? Is it lack? Is it not enough? Is it need? And if it is any of those things, you've got to make a decision to say, I'm going to change the sound of my life. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Just reading you the Bible this morning. Let the poor say, I am rich. Come on, we've got to change the sound of our lives to a sound of faith to attract the power of God. And so, so, so praise and worship is so powerful, why? Because in praise and worship, we come on a Sunday and we lift our hands up and we praise and we worship and what we're doing is corporately, we're creating a sound over our lives that is a sound of faith. Come on, he, when I pray, he answers me. When I was at my lowest point, he found me and he lifted me up. And we start to declare it together. And the reason you and I both need to come to church every week, not just once a month or once every six weeks, is you can't do it by yourself. 
You can have an okay go at it, but I'm telling you, it's nothing compared to when the believers gather together and every week we make a bold sound over our lives that is the sound of faith, the sound of worship, the sound of praise. And who knows what battles are raging around this room this morning that we didn't even know about before we came in. But as we praised Him and as we worshiped Him, we released the power of God to go and fight some of those battles this morning, amen. Come on, some of you are gonna walk home and it's like those battles are gonna have ceased. Why? Because praise released the power of God. Woo, I'm getting happy now, I tell you. I love it, I love praise and worship. I'll praise God, I'll praise God on a Monday morning. I'll praise Him when I go for a walk. I'll pray, why? Because I praise Him, I'm releasing the power of God over my life. Come on, we don't have to be believers who are under all the time. It's not where we're meant to live, we're meant to live seated in heavenly places. How do you live seatedly in heavenly places? You live seated in heavenly places when you go to a place of praise, because that's where God lives. God doesn't live in your problems, God lives in the heavenlies. God will be with you in the middle of your problems, but He doesn't wanna come and take a seat next to you. He wants to take your hand and lead you out of your problems into a better place. Can I get an amen this morning? Come on, we gotta live by kingdom, not by the natural. One of the band can come. Number three, by the way, I, I love in Second Chronicles that it was, the, it was the singers who went first. Come on, how many of you like that this morning? If you're a non-singer this morning, how many of you like that? I like that. It's like fantastic. The next time we come under pressure as a church, uh, I'm just gonna send, I'm gonna get the singers, I'm gonna call them together, and I'm gonna send them out in front of us. And, and then about a mile later, we'll be behind. We'll come, but we'll just let them go first. Amen. Uh-huh. I, I, reckon, I reckon our homes ought to be filled with praise and worship. I, I, I like all types of music. There's great music out there. I, I like music that is written by all sorts of type of people. But I want the predominant, dominant sound of, of worship or music in my home to be the sound of praise and worship. I want, it to, I want that to be the number one sound that's coming in my home. Why? We're lifting up praise and worship. We're fighting problems even before they arrive. Amen. Here's the third thing. Number three. This is so good. Number three is, is, is God wants to hear your sound, but the devil wants to keep you quiet. Can I get an amen? God wants to hear your sound, but the devil wants to keep you quiet because if he can keep you quiet, he can stop God coming and releasing to you what is for you. So have you noticed that pretty much everything you do in life outside of church, have you, have you noticed there's normally a bit of loudness associated with it? When people get together, it's always loud. Have you noticed this? Uh, last time you went to a sports game, how many, how many of you know it was probably loud? was not a quiet, the only sports game that I can think of that's really quiet is like snooker. And who watches snooker anyway? But, and and, and, and they, even, they even celebrate in snooker. There's moments of celebration. But most sports games are pretty loud. They're loud, so we get together and we're loud in our sports games. Our birthday celebrations normally are pretty loud. 
Normally pretty loud. We had uh, Ruby's birthday a little, about a month ago. She turned seven years of age, and I think her entire class came for what felt like about a million hours. And I can tell you, I can tell you, it was not a quiet affair. It was a loud affair. Come on, I've been to some of your birthday parties. They're not quiet either. They're, they're loud. We get together. We raise our voices. We talk louder than we normally do. Isn't that true? We shout on our phones. People talk loudly on their phones. Have you noticed that? I was just having a coffee with someone the other day and there's another table and the guy's on his phone and he's talking like the person is 100 miles away. He's talking like I talk all the time. And he's talking like this person's 100 miles. It's like he's on his phone and he's talking loud. I wanted to explain to him, you don't need to talk loud. The power of technology is you talk at your regular volume and it gets there the same way than if you're loud. Anyway, I didn't, I restrained myself. Uh, celebrations are loud. How many of you, I don't know whether you're, you're pro-Brexit or whether you're pro-European, but, but have you noticed that the protests that are happening in Parliament right now, have you noticed they're not quiet, they're loud? Come on, don't get quiet on me this morning. They're loud, they're loud. It's like you can't even watch the news without hearing some idiot shout at the top of his voice behind the person presenting the news. It's, it's loud. It's loud. What's the last concert you went to? How many of you know it was loud? It was loud. A couple of years ago, I went to see Queen, We Will Rock You. And Queen, We Will Rock You is, man, I'm telling you, it is a loud, it is a loud concert. And I'm looking at, respectfully, I'm looking at all these gray-haired men and women who are fully into it, absolutely loving it. And I'm thinking to myself, this is way louder than church on a Sunday. And you're fully into it. Don't turn up on a Sunday and tell me it's loud. It's nothing like what you just listened to last night. How many of you know weddings are loud? Going to the pub is loud. Going to a restaurant is usually loud. Most of the times we gather together, it, it's loud. But why is it when we come together as the body of Christ and we come into the church and when it comes to prayer, our prayers go so quiet. I don't understand people why we pray quietly when we're loud everywhere else. Come on, if I pray, I wanna pray that God can hear me. I wanna pray that it creates an atmosphere an environment around the place that I'm praying that the sound would go forward and the power of God would show up. Come on, I mean it. Some of you just gotta make a shift that, you know, I pray quietly. Why are you praying quietly? Create a sound that heaven would respond to. Come on, I know I'm pressing some buttons this morning. I wanna encourage you, there's a power that God wants to release behind your sound. You've just gotta to learn to open your mouth and get the sound out. You can do it in the football match. You can do it in the restaurant. You can do it at the party celebration. I wanna give you permission. You can be loud in the house of God. You can worship Him loud. You can praise Him loud. You can even respond to the preacher loudly. It's not disrespectful to point at me and say, Amen. There you go. I won't be offended. Come on, we gotta learn to find our sound because it's in our sound that the power of God turns up. I believe it. Believe it with all my heart. Final story, Blind Bartimaeus. I love the story of Blind Bartimaeus. 
Jesus is walking along the road and one day there's a blind man and he can't see Jesus because he has no sight, but he can hear Jesus coming. And something within him just starts to shout out. He starts to shout out, Jesus, Son of God, here I am. I'm here. Jesus, Jesus. And he's shouting and he's shouting. Some of you don't like it this morning, I'm sorry. He's shouting, he's saying, Jesus. And, 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 and all the religious people around him are saying, shut up, blind Bartimaeus. Keep your voice down. Don't you know who that is? But there's something in blind Bartimaeus that says, I don't care. I can't see him, but I can hear him. And I'm gonna let him know that I'm here this morning and my sound is gonna go and the power of God is gonna follow behind. And Jesus steps up to blind Bartimaeus and he says, blind Bartimaeus, you can see. And he heals him in a moment. I love the fact that Jesus ignored all the quiet people and Jesus goes to noisy blind Bartimaeus. I wanna be the guy in the meeting that Jesus can't ignore. I don't wanna be the guy that blends in the background and that nobody knows is there. I wanna be the guy that's like, Jesus, I've got some problems in my life. I've got some things that I need you to turn up from and I'm gonna attract your attention. Jesus, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, amen. Come on, I'm giving you permission. It's time to release a sound. It's time to release a sound. Some of us, our sound has been bound by a religious spirit. We've been brought up in an atmosphere where you don't get loud in church. You don't get noisy in church. It's disrespectful to be, no, no, no. That is religious, my friend. When Jesus turned up, people did crazy things. They broke bottles of perfume and they poured them on His feet and they cried on His feet and they celebrated with Him. And He had parties where there was so much wine, most of us would look at and cast a bit of a double thought on and think, I don't know if this is good. Crazy stuff happened around Jesus. I'm not saying it's okay to be drunk, by the way, it's not. I'm just saying some of the stuff that went on around Jesus would surprise us. It would surprise us. And and some of us have been so religious in our upbringing. It's time to break out, let a sound go out of your life so the power of God can turn out. So there are sounds that attract and there are sounds that repel. How many of you know that's true? There are sounds that attract. There are sounds that repel. Uh, I I, want to say that the, the, the sound of any cat anywhere at any time is a repelling sound. Can I get an amen? Thank you, I see that. If you're a cat lover, I'm so sorry. That's just a sound, for me at least, that just repels. The sound of a good dog, that's the sound of, that, of attraction. I will come and say hello to your dog. I'm not coming to say hello to your cat, I'm so sorry. But there are, you've got your own sounds that attract and your own sounds that repel. It's the same as true in the kingdom of God. There are sounds that attract and there are sounds that repel. The sound of, of negativity repels. The sound of lack 
repels. The sound of need repels. The sound of no vision repels. But the sound of generosity attracts. The sound of abundance attracts. The sound of hope attracts. I want to say the sound of praise and worship is one of the most attractive sounds that we will ever release out of our lives. Let me tell you this. And then we're going to stand, we're going to pray. I want to tell you this. You are better looking when you praise and when you worship. You're at one of your most attractive times in your life when you're releasing praise and worship to God. I don't mean it in the natural. I mean it in the spiritual sense. There is something about a person that loves to praise worship that attracts people. Come on, I want us to be a church that attracts our community, that attracts our friends, that attracts our neighbors. I want my home to be a home that attracts the people I meet on the school run, the people I meet in the supermarket, the people I meet in a sports club. I want my life to be a life that is incredibly attractive to people. And one of the ways that I release it is by living a life that is the sound of praise and worship written all over it.